0: You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store uh, Apple, Android, Kindle, we don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app, give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. Now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here on the phone with Heather Shoemaker. How are you doing, Heather?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I am groovy. It's a beautiful kind of overcast autumn day here, and you can't get much nicer for this time of year. So uh, what's the topic for today?
1: Well, I just think we need to address parents who don't know what to do when their child hits them. Um, Because I see this a lot when I'm out and about, and there'll be a child who's sort of at their wits' end, and I'm sure the parent is too, and then the child lashes out. And especially when it happens in public, the parents get super embarrassed, but they kind of let it happen. And so I just wanted to reach out and, and help all those who are struggling with this, because I think you're not alone. It's pretty universal that at some point this happens and you're not quite sure what to do. Yeah,
0: it's a tough situation. You get that that momentary paralysis as in it's people are looking at me, how do I respond to this? Um, and it can be a tough, tough, tough thing when you're the mom or your daddy. Um, so how, how do we handle it?
1: Well, I think First of all, we need to empower the parents, the adults, to realize this is not okay. This is The child has crossed a boundary, and it's one of those really important boundaries in life that, that you can be mad, but you can't hit. You know, you can be mad, but violence is not the solution. So um, if we have that as a basis to start from, um, sometimes the parents will make these excuses, you know, they'll kind of, Smile and say, "Well, you know, she's tired, or she missed her nap, or um, just kind of smile and wish it would all go away." <laughs> um, but they don't know. I think a lot of times, as adults, we don't realize we have rights, and that not only do we have rights not to be hit, but that it's um, it's essential that we that we have a firm position on this, so that that kids learn that it's not okay to hit anybody. Um, and one thing from the kid perspective. They can kind of get into the habit, just like they can get, in they know what pushes our buttons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, if if you don't stop it, it's going to keep going. And when they get mad, they will they'll hit your body, and that's that's not helpful for them growing up as a human being of what you do when you're mad. That's um, we need to give them more appropriate outlets for those feelings.
0: Yeah when when you're when you're tiny and frustrated and you're feeling like the whole world uh, is against you lashing out with your limbs is kind of a, a primal thing to do almost. And It and is. It, it is a
1: primal thing. And, and it can be great as long as the target's the right thing. Yeah. So, you know, in my book I have a chapter that says, let kids hit and kick, but the whole key is don't let them hit and kick you or don't let them hit and kick the brother, the sister, the fish tank, the cat, you know, the lamp, the, all these things that can get hurt. Um, let them hit and kick something that can't get hurt, like a pillow or, the if you're outside, the ground or a tree or the sofa or um, a piece of paper, um, you know, newspaper or something. But don't – so the target is the problem. Yeah. If they have that hitting motion and it needs to come out, give them a safe place to, to do that and say, you can be mad, but I won't let you hit me. Um, I think most people – who have been around young kids or raising young kids have had a child lash out at them and strike them because it, it happens if you're around kids. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I did, when I think my my child was probably still under age one or around age one. It was pretty young, and I forget what he was mad about. I know we were at a public park, and <laughs> when he, he was mad at something and he couldn't speak, you know, he's pre-verbal, and he lashed out and hit me with this very determined look in his eyes. <laughs> I, mean, I remember feeling like, aha, here I can teach him something, because I pinned his arms really quickly, uh-huh. and I just said, no, if people aren't for hitting, I won't let you hit me. And he got the message, <laughs> that baby didn't hit me again. <laughs> but I think if we don't start at the beginning, I mean, he did try as a four-year-old, uh-huh. not to say that this changed it, but... But I think, um if we don't start with at the beginning, it does get harder to stop it, but you can always stop it and and make a change of direction even if you've let it go on for a while.
0: so, what about this scenario? Okay, so grandbaby and I, and her mommy and I back when she was a kid, we have this this i mean we we engage in a lot of rough and tumble, and hitting is part of that, and it I mean it's not met aggressively and it's done with with love and joy and fun and so kids sometimes have a hard time distinguishing the line between that playful aggression and the you're not buying me licorice in the grocery store aisle I'm going to punch you in the gut aggression and so how do we how do we help I mean I don't know if I'm saying this. How do we find that line? How do we help them see that line? How do we how do we clarify this is playtime yeah, I, I and this they is... Get
1: it. I think they get it more than we give them credit for. I mean, animals do all kinds of play fighting too, but they kind of give these play signals that this is fun and I'm wanting to do this. Um, so, you know, a child who... Maybe you've just had a, a rough housing match with with the family, and, and so there's been some playful... Um, you know punches and that sort of thing, and everybody's giggling and having a good time. And then, let's say half an hour later, somebody's mad about not getting the lollipop, whatever uh-huh. it is, mad about something. That if if the if the same punch comes out, but this time it's angry, um, just stop stop their arm, stop their behavior, and say quite firmly, you know. Um, you're mad, but I won't let you hit me. It's not okay to hit when you're mad. And uh-huh. If the child is able to listen, because they're not always able to listen when they're that mad. But you can talk when they are calm enough and say, you know, um, when we were having playful game, that was one thing. But we can't, we can't do that. That's only when we're having fun. We can't do that when we're when we're angry at each other.
0: Yeah, and I guess they are very early able to differentiate play and. Not play and and so for those yeah they're
1: wired for the play they yeah. totally understand play they understand it better than we do and so, so they, oh, go they ahead. just need to know that it's okay then and that's pretty easy to distinguish I think
0: and and so it's hard
1: adults in their minds I think the kids get it faster than the adults do in this
0: case yeah so trying to get my head around this for the for those parents who want to stop the hitting in the grocery store or or wherever. Um, outlawing the rough and tumble type play isn't a useful yeah, th- tool
1: right I mean rough housing is very good for for young social mammals and it's pretty good for the grown ups too yeah. <laughs> but the um <laughs> but um the key is it are you are you both having fun are all the people participating yeah. in the rough housing having a good time and checking in with each other and making sure that's the case and it's not lopsided or one-sided or that the kid being tickled who was happy is now kind of uh-huh. hysterical and wants it to stop. So that's different. It's, the whole element is having fun in this play. Um, i would tell you a story of some that happened at my childhood preschool, the school for young children, and um, one of the um, parents came in with her child one day, and for some reason he didn't want to come to be at preschool that day, and he had his lunchbox, it was one of those metal lunchboxes, mm-hmm. um, and and whacked his mom with the metal lunchbox, because he was feeling mad at that point about whatever it was, and the mother didn't really know what to do, so she didn't do much, but this happened at the preschool, and so the teachers were there, and... Um, Jan, who is the, was the director of the preschool at the time, was the, the child's teacher, and she, she got to his side of the room so fast, and she um, got right there in a very firm and, and quite energetic voice. You uh-huh. know? She pitched her voice to be energetic, and she pinned his arms, and she said, I'm not going to you know, let you hit your mom. Moms are not for hitting. And no one had ever told him that. And he was, and the mother said, thank you. (laughs) Uh Um, And the child, ever after that moment, began to follow Jan around and and just think that everything she did was amazing. (laughs) And I think it gives kids a sense of security to be stopped when they are out of control. They don't want to be. I mean, they may want to at that moment, but they don't really deepen themselves, want to hit their parents. They depend on their parents for so much, and they adore their parents and crave their attention and love, and hitting them goes against that, and they know it, and they really wish they didn't (laughs) feel that impulse. They want someone stronger to stop them. It's very comforting, and a lot of kids are craving that structure and limits and support, it gives comfort and security to kids, and so we owe it to them, not only to teach them how you express your feelings more appropriately, but also to give them that security and comfort that you don't have it all figured out yet, and I'm going to help you. You know, I'm here to help you and so that you can be the best kid you can be.
0: Yeah, just understanding we don't hit other people with, in, in anger. Um, brings order and structure to their little lives, and order and structure is, is something that they're constantly seeking out.
1: Yeah. So being told there are limits and keeping those limits is, is comforting to kids. Um, the same if they're having a tantrum, that knowing when a child is totally out of control, and so some kids might express it by hitting a parent, some might flail on the floor and scream and turn various colors, um, those kids have lost it. They're out of control, and they're they're not able to, um, (laughs) they need someone stronger and calmer to be there to help them. Um, And it's very, very scary. You know, they're terrified. They don't know if this will ever stop. The feelings have completely engulfed them, and they are, um, they're petrified as well as angry.
0: And so when this is going on, and you're trying to be that adult who is calm and...
1: Calm and collected, collected, right? That's what we
0: all want to Ha how, how, how do how do we be that person when in that situation? It can be so hard to be that person. Um, are there are there are there any magic yoga poses people should be doing, or how do how do we get there, Heather? Yeah, I don't
1: know about
0: magic yoga poses. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think so. I, I
1: think the first step is understanding that this is the right thing. So the understanding, you know, moms are not for hitting. Dads uh-huh. are not for hitting. Just understanding that is very clear. Because once you're clear and you accept that, yeah, that's just not right. It never felt good when that happened. It's just not right. Um, then you have some confidence to do something about it. If you're not really sure, should I let him? I know he's mad. You know, not sure what to do about it. it, it that just gets you off on the wrong foot. So if you're clear that, that it shouldn't be happening, um, then be clear that, that it's, it's what your child needs and how you can best help them is to do things such as physically stop them. Now, you have to be careful um, how you do this, but you can give them a bear hug to stop their arms. You can pin their arms. I mean, you're not hurting them. You're restraining them from themselves. Uh-huh. You're protecting them. Um, my, my mom sits on kids. <laughs> she sat on me. But, you know, not with your full body weight. Uh-huh. Um, I've sat on my kids. And I've done it in public places like uh, the church hallway where everybody's sort of on their best behavior and your kid is the one that's not and you're sitting on them (laughs) very publicly, (laughs) pinning their arms down. Um, This is only when they are unable to stop hitting. So Uh they're so mad and they're coming at you. And you've said, I won't let you hit me, and they're still coming at you. You have to help their arms to stop. And you can say things like that. You say, I see you can't stop. I will hold you until you can stop. I see you. You're having a hard time stopping, so I'm going to keep your. I'm going to keep my hands on your hands until your hands aren't hitting me, and that's, you know, it. it eventually, they will. Um, they will just start sobbing and, and collapse, and then want the hug because they're really, really frustrated, mad, and scared. And at some point, they just want your comfort. But in a, a couple moments before that, they're trying to punch your nose out.
0: Yeah. Yeah and it, it it seems so trite and something your grandma would say but really in those situations before responding like like mid mid punch to the gut from the 4 year old Pausing and taking a long, slow, deep breath or two can really help you get the tone of the voice right and keep you from reacting in anger in those moments. That that breath, it, it it seems silly, but it, it really does create some space between you and the situation and it helps you helps you get right. your focus and helps you. Yeah, respond taking a without. breath.
1: You might have to take a fast breath if they're coming out. Yeah, you. yeah,
0: yeah. As you're dodging out of the way.
1: But also, um, I think having a few sentences to say, so in my book, It's Okay Not to Share, I have, at the end of each chapter, you know, scripts of exact words that you can pull out of your pocket, Uh because in the heat of the moment, we don't always know what to say, and Some great ones, you can say them over and over. The child, children like repetition, and they may not be able to hear you the first time. Mm -hmm. So just say simple things. Don't go on a long, convoluted discussion about how it's not nice and da-da-da. This people are not for hitting, I won't let you hit me. And that I won't let you, is. I found that very comforting as a child, because when I was out of control, it was comforting for me to know That somebody was going to protect me from myself.
0: Somebody was going to be in control when I was out of control. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And so I won't let you hit me. I know you want to hit me because you're mad, but people are not for hitting. Moms are not for hitting. I won't let you hit me. You can just memorize two or three of these and say them ad nauseum if this is going on a lot in your family. And so you don't have to... It doesn't have to be wonderful speeches that you're giving. They can't hear it anyway, but just repeat a few phrases. Uh-huh. And if you have a few phrases, then and you know what to do, and you've taken your breath, then um, it's a lot simpler for the adult to stay calm because you have a few tools, and, and you know what you're going to do.
0: So you use those tools, and in the moment they work, and this continues to be a problem with the child um you know every every third time you go to the go to the grocery store or the target or wherever um it ends up in one of these kind of situations any i mean over time does does it just abate and 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 the hitting stops they grow out of it or do we need other strategies when it becomes kind of a an ongoing thing, or what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things there. One is that there's some um, periods of development in a child's life that are just more likely to have this than others. So, um, you know, two-year-olds might do this quite a bit. Four-year-olds at the age four has a lot of brain changes and things going on. So there are particular, sometimes a kid may go into this phase of lashing out with, with arms and legs for six months, and it's and there's a lot of it. Um, one of my kids was very quick to try to attack around age four, and I would hear a footstep, and I'd have to you know swivel my head <laughs> to be on top of it. So sometimes there's just a period, and then it and then something settles out in their development, and they're on to the next thing. So you may have an, in, you may be in an intense moment. Uh-huh. They're not going to last forever, especially if you give this kind of consistent line that I'm not going to let this happen. Of course, they'll test you, yeah. but they want they want you to be in charge, really.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: And so, so that's one thing is the developmental stages that sometimes one or more than one of your kids at the same time, unfortunately, may be going through some. Um changes that 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 prompt a lot of this behavior. Um I think what you mentioned were both examples about stores. you know <laughs> stores are difficult places for kids because they're full of temptations and they're full of things you can't have and can't touch. And you know, it's the whole capitalistic society uh-huh. of here. Start the young consumers young in their buying habits. So bringing kids to stores can be tricky in general. It's easier to bring them to a library where, yes, you can have a lot of books. They're all free. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if stores particularly are a problem, then maybe try not to bring them to as many stores. But also for any outing, any public outing, if it's a problem, start by setting some expectations. You know, we've had trouble when you've been to this the store or the park or wherever it is lately. Um when this happens then I see you do this, what can we do about that? Because, And have the kid help you brainstorm and, and come up with some solutions. You can do this ahead of time. Uh-huh. And um, you can write it down, even if the child can't read, and make a little um, problem-solving contract of, okay, we're going to do this. And when I feel mad that I can't have the toy, I am going to. And then they come up with a solution. Like, I will stick my hands in my pockets and... Try to whistle. I mean, whatever it is they come up with. Um, Kids have come up with very odd things for this, but if it's their idea, it's much more likely to work. Mm -hmm. You know, I will hop on one foot, (laughs) whatever (laughs) it is, and then try it out. If it doesn't work, then leave the store and talk about it and come back in and say, well, let's try the next idea and come back in and try it again.
0: I I was just thinking about this. Both my examples were stores, and I I was trying to... I don't think I've I've had that situation with a child in other places. I don't recall it ever happening on the playground or at the library or in a restaurant yeah. or or well, on the, the hiking trail. It's are
1: very overstimulating. Yeah. You know, the, the lights are bright, they have decorations up. Um if you're in the area of a store that's low down and trying to appeal to children, there's toys and uh-huh. candy and You know, things from movies that they've watched that they're being branded into their little brains, and so they're extremely difficult um, for kids to cope with
0: from a sensory
1: point of view, and and the temptations are all there, and of course there's lots of millions of dollars being poured into reaching your kid's heart and brain. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot going against
0: you. <laughs> yeah, you got the you got the deck stacked towards a fight in those situations. Mm-hmm. So, so as we wrap this up, Heather, anything else we want to uh, to throw out to our listeners as uh, as they uh, arm themselves to uh, try out this strategy next time they're in the park or the library or the bookshop? I think
1: just keep these words in mind: moms are not for hitting, dads are not for hitting, people are not for hitting. Just say those words until you believe them because uh-huh. it's something that's very important that our kids grew up knowing is that domestic abuse is not okay yeah. in any form. And we're going to get into <laughs> the next section is what about when parents hit kids.
0: All right, so we'll be back soon with that episode. Thanks for listening, people. We appreciate it. And, hey, if you haven't gone on to uh, the Amazon and, and uh, given uh, it's okay to go up the slide to review, uh, find a minute to do that. We appreciate it. Hey, have a great day. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Schumacher. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production.
1: Oh.
0: Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio Podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. If you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.